are Locked On Packers. I feel like we can run the table. We really do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh, every day. Touchdown. You are Locked On Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski and I cover the Packers for the Leap. A newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. Follow me on Twitter. Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened. They want to know why and how? Thanks to everyone who makes Locked on Packers their first listen of the day. Put us at the top of your queue every morning and start your day off with Packers content. Lily Zhao on the show today for Zhao You Doing. And we've got plenty to talk about with the Seahawks game and the Vikings on deck. Before we get there, I... You know, we had Justice Muscada on the show yesterday. If if you missed that conversation, go check it out. I I thought he did a really good job of breaking down a lot of the schematic differences and and some of the things that Green Bay has been doing with Joe Barry, things they did with Mike Patton. I wrote about it uh, in The Leap yesterday as well. So plenty plenty of stuff to talk about there on the defense. On the offensive side of things, the Packers have made a change the last two weeks that I think could help them with the Aaron Jones injury. Again, good news on Aaron Jones is it's only going to be a week or two, maybe three at most, while he deals with what is being deemed a minor MCL sprain. The Packers over the last two weeks have played in four receiver sets 26% of the time. Over a quarter of their offensive plays have been from four receiver sets. True four. So I posted some clips of this on Twitter and I had some people go, that looks like five receivers to me. Okay. Five in the pattern is not five receivers. So the Packers have gone five wide a bunch this year. Spread empty. So empty is not the same as five receivers on the field. We, we talk about personnel groupings, 10 personnel, four receivers, true receivers. You are a receiver by position. You are Alan Lazard, Devontae Adams, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Randall Cobb, Malik Taylor, Equinemius St. Brown, Jamal Winfrey. You're, you're that guy. Amari Rogers. Sorry, Amari. They would go to empty from 11 personnel with a tight end and a running back on the field. They would go to empty with four receivers on the field, Aaron Jones, and four true receivers, but they're split out. It is empty. Aaron Rodgers is in shotgun by himself. So that that differentiation is important. And I, I am interested to hear if, if we get an explanation at some point about why they decided that was something they wanted to go to. It is something we've seen the Rams go to. Um, and, and maybe it is part of the, okay, if everyone, if you're going to play two deep safeties, then we're going to make you play in dime. And I actually think this is a great wrinkle for the Packers with A.J. Dillon as the primary running back for a number of reasons. Let's start with the most basic. If you go four wide, then the defense essentially has to be in dime. You can't scheme up those 5-1 fronts that give outside zone some problems. It just, you can't make the numbers work. 
or if you do, you're playing really, 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 really small somewhere, probably up front because you've got to basically have a safety in the box because you need enough DBs to cover everyone plus have help unless you're going to play zero, which you're probably not going to do, especially against Aaron Rodgers. So just on a basic level, uh, you have light boxes for A.J. Dillon to run into. Now, why is that different? Well, he is, as we, we talked about yesterday on the show, the between-the-tackles runner that Aaron Jones just isn't. He can come downhill, and guys are going to make business decisions. He ran over Bobby Wagner, who is a monster middle linebacker. I mean, he's 250. And he will hit you now. And A.J. Dillon ran him over in the hole to score a touchdown. If you give A.J. Dillon one cut to come downhill from shotgun against a four-man front with just one guy behind him because you need all of these guys playing behind to stop the pass, then you've created an advantage with your numbers. The other part of that is if you're you're now worried about A.J. Dillon and maybe you want to play a little, little bit more traditionally, then what you have to do is you have to have, if you want to play your two deep safeties, you're essentially giving up A.J. Dillon on the run. And if you want to play single high, now it's single high against Aaron Rodgers, which is what teams do not want to do. So my my uh, suspicion here is that they're trying to do this and play out of this four wide set to dictate a little bit the terms of engagement here to say, we don't think you're going to play too high against our four receiver sets. And if you do, here's A.J. Dillon coming downhill fast. I, I think this is the perfect counter. I, I think it's great. Here's the other reason why I love it. And the reason why I think we're going to see more of it, especially with Aaron Jones out, is what we saw even with Aaron Jones still healthy and available and in the game. Because we saw it against the, the Chiefs. We saw it. On Sunday again against the Seahawks. You get Randall Cobb. God, I love this play so much. Randall Cobb, it's a four, it's a four receiver set, and it's a three by one, three receivers to one side, one receiver to the opposite. Usually you have Devontae Adams on that single receiver side and AJ Dillon in the backfield. Randall Cobb motions across the formation toward Devontae. And I think it was Devontae. Don't hold me to that, but it's a it was a three by one. And he motions across the formation. All right, now you're getting information as a quarterback. How are they playing this? Are they shifting? Are they moving? He now motions into the backfield. Okay, now linebackers, safeties, they're going, okay, what are we doing here? And then he goes swing motion. And now it's that RPO look that we've seen them run, both with Randall Cobb and Aaron Jones over the last season and a half. And now it's either A.J. Dillon inside zone or it's, Randall Cobb on the screen off the swing motion. They run that and they ran it last year against the Rams with Aaron Jones in that spot, but he was not coming across the formation, motioning into the backfield and then motioning back. That is a freaking cool wrinkle. That is the kind of stuff that I wish we'd seen a little bit more of against the Chiefs. They they had to put a lot of that stuff in on short notice. I think if they had a full week to prepare, knowing it's going to be Jordan Love, they might they might have approached that game a little bit differently. But that now puts your defense in a bind because if you're going to play dime against that 
And it's either AJ Dillon coming downhill or Randall Cobb on a receiver screen. I mean, that was, it was an easy first down. I think it was second and seven, something like that. And they run it and they get the, the swing screen to Cobb and he picks up an easy first down beats a guy to the edge first down. I mean, that's, that's clean living on offense and it is an extension of your run game. And we talk about that all the time. Oh, that little, you know, they, they, we hear that cliche. That's an extension of your run game, but receiver screens are that in, in a, you know, a pretty close to one-to-one way because you expect Aaron Rodgers to make that throw every time and you expect him to make the right reads consistently. Okay, here's the give or not. And how our defense is going to react to this. Now, Seattle, they don't play like most teams. They play bigger than most teams. So you, you probably are not going to get as advantageous a look consistently against Seattle because they have linebackers who can run Jordan Brooks. I mean, on that, on that ridiculous throw from Aaron Rodgers to Alan Lazard, the ridiculous one that, that, that sort of went through Lazard's wickets there. Jordan Brooks is, is running with Alan Lazard across the field. Most teams don't have linebackers who can do that. Now, a team like the Bucs, they do. Devin White has some issues in coverage, but he has the speed to run with these guys. Levante David has the speed to run with those guys. Now, right now they have serious cornerback problems because of injuries. Carlton Davis not playing, Sean Murphy Bunting not playing, and we don't know when those guys are going to be back. Richard Sherman not playing. Again, we don't know when he's going to be back. We, we are thinking now long-term. Against the Rams, I love it. I think I think they could gash the Rams with these kinds of looks. And the Rams couldn't stop the 49ers run game on Monday night anyway. So you might not even have to get that creative against the Rams defense, who has just not looked the same as, as they did last year when they were the number one group in the league. We should have expected some regression. And, and you know, we talked about it on this show. They're probably not going to be quite as good. And some of their role players not playing quite as well. That's going to happen. This is something that I think the Packers can go to, and it is only because they have four receivers that they trust. There's a reason we haven't seen this over the course of the season. Number one, it is a departure from the LaFleur system. And by the way, it's a departure from the McCarthy system too. We didn't see them run four receiver sets in Green Bay, like ever. Post-2012, basically, we never saw it. They had that super stacked 2011 team where you could play five wide, and they did. Or you play four with Jermichael Finley because he was such a matchup nightmare. But then, I mean, it used to drive me nuts because it's like you're you're out there and you've got Richard Rodgers. It's 2014. And you've got Richard Rodgers in the two minute. Like why? And, and he split out. It's not like he's he's in line blocking. Like it's the two minute. It's, it's the hurry up. You're trying to score and they're playing 11 personnel. And I'm just like... What's, what's happening here? And and the Packers under Matt LaFleur were doing a, a very similar thing. Now, it's different when you've got big Bob Tunyon and his ability to get down the middle of the field and, and make tough catches. I, I think this is a great opportunity because I don't think they will abandon the run. I don't think they will abandon the run. And when you have someone like Alan Lazard who blocks like a tight end, you can motion him in and have him be in, in that sort of H-back spot. You can have him come across the formation. You can run split zone with Alan Lazard. You can have him wham block a linebacker if you want. You can have him, you know, you can't make a living doing it, but you can have him zoned up on a defensive end. 
especially if it's the backside. They're probably not going to block the backside defensive end. But his versatility gives you a lot of options. They tried it with MVS. They motioned him into the formation and he didn't even come close to making a block. But I think they have the versatility with those guys to play a little bit more for wide. Early in the season, Randall Cobb, not up to speed. Uh, you know, that sort of second trimester that we've had so far. MVS, hurt. Al Lazard, Devontae Adams, COVID, they're out. And then all of a sudden now, okay, Randall Cobb's up to speed. He got was number two in snaps from receivers last week. MVS, he's working his way back from that hamstring. Al Lazard, he's a constant in this offense. Devontae Adams, we know what he is. Now you have four guys that you legit feel can, can make plays, throw in Amari Rogers, who we saw play on the boundary. We saw him in the slot, jet motion. There, there's, there is a, a versatility about this group that I think Matt LaFleur really likes. And you don't have to play the way everyone else plays. You don't have to, you don't have to do it like the Browns. You don't have to do it like the 49ers or like the Vikings. You could do it a little bit more like the Rams, but you don't have to either. You could do it the way that your personnel dictates. And to this point, they haven't been able to play this four receiver set. What I love to see is a coach and a coaching staff say, this is where our team is. And we think this could be the way to push this offense forward. And I think the fact that you're seeing Sean McVay do it, that he brought in Matthew Stafford, presumably to do this more often. They brought in OBJ to do this more often. Unfortunately, they lose Robert Woods. And so that's going to make it a lot tougher. They looked really, really bad on Monday night. The Packers have the guys, all of whom Aaron Rodgers trusts. I think if they if they do have another injury, so long as it's not Devontae Adams, you know, you could throw Malik Taylor in there and feel like, yeah, he can he can he can give you something. You could throw EQ in there and feel like, yeah, he can give you something. We're waiting to see what Amari Rodgers can do and be. But this, I think, is something that we're going to see a lot more of. They're already doing it 25, 26% of the snaps. That that is almost as much as they're playing two tight ends. And given the fact that they don't have two tight ends right now, Daphne's hurt. Josiah DeGuara is not a, a reliable player. Um, you know, that it, it's tough to 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 live in that. And especially once you get David Bakhtiari back, now you can play an empty a bunch, or you can play in four wide sets with a running back in the backfield and feel like you can get pushed in the run game because you've got your best five offensive linemen on the field. Hey, Packers fans, let me tell you about this incredible app. Everyone needs to know if they buy gas, get upside. My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get a bonus of 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. That's up to 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump. You get cash back using Get Upside. Just download the app for free and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get a 50 cent per gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot, they're making two or $300 a month in cash back and there's no catch. Cash out whenever you want. Bank account, PayPal, e-gift card, Amazon, whatever you want to do, they can they can do it for you. Just get money to do a thing you were already gonna do. I mean, what are you what are you waiting for? Download GetUpside and use the promo code Touchdown to get that fifty cent per gallon cash back. Joining me now from Fox Six in Milwaukee, we started a new streak, a one-game win streak for Zhao. You doing Lily Zhao, Lily? It was a long couple of weeks. Here, Aaron Rodgers is back. You never left, but you are back once again. How you doing? 
Peter, it is good to be back. Uh, it was, you know, what people call football weather prior to kickoff in that game. Um, but it was it was nice just to get back on track, the team with the win and, and me chatting with you. So I'm doing great. So how's how you doing? I am. I'm doing. I'm doing well. Uh, I'm. I'm very glad to be back talking about football, and that we get to talk about football um, every every day. And and we had a brief reprieve from that, and it was not really so much of a reprieve as a requirement. And uh, we're back. We're back. We're back. Getting to talk about Packers football, and there's plenty to talk about from this Seahawks game. We're going to look forward a little bit to this Vikings game. Let's start with uh, Aaron Rodgers because he comes back, no practice. Um, I didn't think he looked as sharp as you you normally expect Aaron Rodgers to be, but he still made some pretty incredible throws. What was your overall impression of how he played? Yeah, and that was kind of, I think, for both quarterbacks, right? They're both coming off yeah. injuries in the COVID list, and they're away from the team for a long time, and and they didn't look, you know, their, their normal 100% selves. But then again, you know, when you think about Aaron Rodgers, an 85% Rodgers is still pretty good. Um, yeah, there was a couple of throws he missed on, but he, was, he looked, his feet looked good. You know, I don't know, his toe looked fine. Um, but I thought, you know, it's still a good team win. The defense was playing well, so it's not like he had to put up 35 points to win this game. And that's a good thing. So while he wasn't 100% Rodgers, he's getting there. And he said he felt fine from all the COVID stuff. So hopefully he's back on track and, and we go from there. Yeah, I do wonder though. I mean, he said he said he felt good in the game, but that he was pretty tired after the game. Matt Lafleur said everyone is pretty tired. I do wonder if they had if they had needed to score thirty points, could they have done it with the way the offense looked? And it it sure didn't seem like it. That's not to say that they can't over the course of the season, right? We know that they are capable of doing that. They just weren't on Sunday. So, what do you think with Aaron Jones now out? Do you think that this this offense becomes more pass heavy or do you think they're going to try and stick to the run with A.J. Dillon? I think it's going to be a little bit more pass heavy, but that doesn't mean that A.J. is not included in that discussion. He's gotten a lot better with his hands in the passing game the last couple of weeks. Good point. So we could see him really integrated in that way. But, you know, sadly, we're not going to see Aaron Jones out there for a couple of weeks. But again, it's just the best possible scenario with that injury. You just have, you know, give them time to recover. They'll be fine because they still have A.J. Dillon. Luckily, it just stinks that, um, you know, you lose the the rookie Kylan Hill because I'm sure he would have been a featured piece as well. So I, I think it'll be really interesting to see what Matt LaFleur dials up because I think we talk about it every week. It's every week somebody important goes down. Sadly, it's Aaron Jones this week. So, you know, I, I think A.J. Dillon is, is more than capable of, sh- of shouldering that load. It's interesting that you mentioned Kylan Hill because I was just saying this uh, to Jake Morley and Jake Westendorf. We were talking about what a bummer it is that Kylan Hill is hurt because he is the guy who most closely approximates what Aaron Jones' skill set is. He's that sort of quick twitch guy, not a home run hitter, but still has that burst and explosiveness, gives you something in the passing game. And they were trying to find ways to get him on the field, right? Before he got hurt. Patrick Taylor, a little bit more of a rumbler. I mean, he, he's got some, he's got some juice now, but it's not, uh, it's not the same. And so that is, that is a little bit of a bummer here, uh, to, to, to see, but look, I think AJ Dillon is going to be ready. And it's something about a snow game, Lily. He just, the snow starts coming down and it's like his Godzilla powers activate. 
Yeah, it's like the quads get bigger when it starts snowing out. It's something. I don't know. It's like, it's like the magical powers for the quads. They just juice up when it's when it's snowing outside. Exactly. I I think that is uh that's science. I don't know what if anyone wants to fact check us on that, but I think that's science. So you mentioned the the every week, it just seems to be someone. And Matt LaFleur, for whatever reason is still not getting the credit. We've talked about it on this show about the credit that that he's not getting. Um, I, I thought that there was a really good, Lori Nickel wrote a really great piece in the, in the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel about the grace that Matt LaFleur has shown in handling all of the adversity. You know, this Zedaria Smith situation is kind of weird. Uh, he's been very um, uh, kind of awkward about it, but he's been played played that tight to the vest. He's he's always tight to the vest with these injuries, but you know, no Devonte Adams on a short week, they find a way to win. Uh, Aaron Rodgers not practicing, they find a way to win, and the defensive players in and out of the lineup, they find a way to win. What what, what about Matt Lafleur? Do you think makes him suited to these moments? That's a great question, Peter. You know, I, I think I, I was seeing, you know, stuff on Twitter and and I know you've talked about this as, as well on your Twitter. It's just the way that he is able to conduct himself. You know, when he's talking about a win or a loss, he's always giving the right things to people. He's always crediting the right people. He's never really saying anything bad about his players. And that's not what you want as a coach. You really want to uplift your guys because at the, at the end of the day, they're playing for you. You're playing as a team and you're that leader of the team. Uh, I, I think he's really got a good handle on this locker room and, you know, his relationship with Aaron is good. So when you have that really good relationship between that quarterback and the head coach, that's going to really trickle down because this is a very player led locker room. And I, I think Lafleur is kind of, and he's a younger coach, right? So maybe that just resonates more with guys, but I think with just how he's handled things, especially with those key pieces going out every week, he's had a game plan to really adjust and, you know, had Jordan Love been able to play, against the Seahawks. And if Rogers was out, I still believe that he would have come up with a really good game plan. This is not a guy that likes to lose back-to-back games and they don't ever, or rarely I should say. So, you know, I think he deserves a lot more credit, but like we've talked about, it's when you have a quarterback like Rogers, it's kind of like, well, you should win these games. But I think with how he's conducted himself, especially with the, you know, the Rogers COVID stuff has uh, said a lot about him. Yeah, they don't lose back-to-back games in the Malaflor era. It's just a thing that they do not do. And and it is pretty remarkable. I was wondering about that. Like, they win the Seahawks game with Jordan Love at quarterback, don't they? With the way this defense played? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I don't really know what's going on with Mason Crosby. Um, Weird. It's very weird. I don't know if it's the yips. I don't know if it's the operation. It looked clean on that missed field goal. But you'd think, like, hey, maybe if, you know, those field goals had gone in last week, we don't know. Let me let me travel back in time with you briefly, because when we spoke a couple years ago on the show it was 2019, which I, I'm pretty sure is five years ago now. Oh, <laughs> and we we talked a lot about the energy and the change in tenor, and it struck me watching this game on Sunday, even though the game was a slog because neither offense played great and the Packers defense was just clamps, right? But it wasn't, as as a fan, I don't think it was difficult to watch from the standpoint of this team, they play with a joy 
that some of those late stage McCarthy teams just never did. That was that was a very business like team. And that was intentional. Mike McCarthy wanted to be the no nonsense. Like we're going on a business trip that that old school college coach where he wants everyone to wear a suit because we're going on a business trip. And, I, you know, makes a lot of players roll their eyes. But immediately, it seems that changed when Matt LaFleur got there. So you were there. You were actually in Green Bay then, not in Milwaukee yet. You were you were there. How quickly that season did you notice a change? I would say rather quickly. And, you know, it's just, it stinks now with protocol that we're not allowed back in the locker room because I'm yeah. sure we have a lot of really fun narratives to tell people, to tell the fans. Um, but I would say with, with LaFleur coming on and uh, the early narrative was how are he and Aaron Rodgers going to get along, you know, mm-hmm. yada, 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 he's a young coach, does Rodgers want to listen to him, that kind of stuff. We're all past that now, but I would say, you know, early on when he was in, in town, I just, there was just an energy shift. And I think that really kind of changed though, when they brought in those big name guys and Adrian Amos, Z Preston. Billy Turner, I think when they brought those four in, that's kind of when it really shifted just because of their own different personalities coming into a group that like we'd all talked about, it's kind of just the same guys. I thought there's anything wrong with that, but there were really no new faces. So when you bring in those guys with that kind of personality, I think that, and along with a new head coach, I think that just really revitalized a lot of things. And it's been really fun to watch. I mean, it's, it was fun to watch Matt LaFleur pump up the crowd on Sunday. I, I think that's always very fun to see. And you know, you see Aaron and Preston walking off the field together and they're kind of, you know, hand on shoulder. So I think the dynamic is, has been very fun with this team ever since the four got to town. It seems like it's a very close team. They, they play for one another and that is a cliche, you know, um, there's the great line in, in any given Sunday about, um, wanting to have the guy who's next to you, that's willing to live and die for that inch. Cause the, the inch is what you need to get. And it does seem like this team is, is doing that. And it's not like that is every, every year you get a team like that. And, and I think, you know, as, as media, as a fan, whatever, you know, whether your team has it in your heart of hearts every year, <laughs> there have been plenty of years where you just go, yeah, this Packers team is just there. They don't have, they don't have that thing. I don't, I don't. I kind of think this team does have that thing. Now, whether or not that means they're going to win the Super Bowl is obviously a different question. <sighs> obviously, Lily, I, I need the electric shock oh, therapy. Dollar, dollar, Peter. <sighs> but I do think that this team has that thing. Again, to your point, it'd be nice to be in the locker room to actually talk to the guys and and have their their input and all that. But from afar, it does it does seem that way to me. It does. And and you made a really good point about, you know, you kind of have this internal feeling, I guess, the longer you've been with a team and every week that you've been covering a team, it's kind of, you get a feeling of, well, I, they're good, but maybe they're lucky, you know, they're good, maybe, maybe X, Y, Z. Um, but I, I really do feel like this year, this group is really special. You have a defense that's playing out of their minds. They're opportunistic, they're championship level, maybe not yet for Aaron Rodgers. But they're getting there, and that's what you want to see. And and I guess the fun thing is, is that this offense is still not to the level that it can be um, with these guys that are injured and, and hopefully coming back. So the thing that you want to see is this team trending forward. I think they really, really enjoy each other's company. It's it's been a fun team to watch. I just feel like every week, you know, outside of that week one debacle, they've always been in it. You know, it's never been a, a game where I'm like, oh, this is it's not going to be a good day. They're always in it, and um, they find ways to win. It's it's been fun to cover. You know, what's interesting is I was, I was, you know, trying to look up some stats and some since week one stuff. And I was thinking, you know, there are these teams that we think are really good 
or, or can be really good. And all of them in the last month have had a stupid ass game. You know, the bills are really good. They lost to the Jaguars. The bucks I think are still a really good team. They, they lost to Washington to Taylor Heineke by 10. Like they, they were, they got thoroughly outplayed in that game. The Rams get their butts kicked last night by, or two nights ago by the 49ers. Like the Packers haven't had a game like that really. And I, the chiefs game to me doesn't count because of the circumstances and they played their butts off in that game. So uh, that dovetails with, with, with this point, Albert Breer wrote this column. He talked to Matt LaFleur after the game on Sunday and he was <laughs> Breer was sort of laughing because he asked about the guys and how the team has been held together amid all of this. And he just kept naming players. Matt LaFleur did. He's like, well, it's the leadership on this team. It's Aaron Rodgers. It's David Bakhtiari. It's Darius Smith. It's Preston Smith. It's Devondre Campbell. And then he would keep giving an answer. And then he would go, well, it's, it's Aaron Jones. It's Elton Jenkins. It, and, and it just like struck me. Oh yeah. This team is loaded. Like there are so many players, but I'm wondering if you, if you think there is someone, whether it's from a leadership standpoint, whether it's play on the field, aside from the obvious Aaron Rodgers, who's going to set the tone. If there is someone that you think that the rest of the team is really feeding off of in terms of whether it's energy or leadership or whatever it is. Another great question, Peter. Um, I feel like on offense today, Lily. Yeah, <laughs> it's an obvious answer, but it's not, you know, like we're not going to say Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, because those are the those are the obvious ones. But I, I do still feel like it's Mercedes Lewis. He's the mm. old guy in the room. He's very knowledgeable. I feel like, you know, if anyone wants to kind of get any sort of motivation, it's from him. And then when you look on defense, it's it's hard to to say it's only one guy because there's a lot of guys. But I do feel like Devondre Campbell has really just been this breath of fresh air for this team. And, and, you know, Rogers talks about him. I think every post game, he gets seems like it. <laughs> yeah. I, I want to, there's like a Devondre Campbell counter, but rightfully so. I feel like he's really been a guy that's kind of been the, the glue to mesh everybody together. So I think with those two guys, it's you two veterans and they know their duties. And while they're not, you know, quote unquote flashy or whatnot, I think their leadership skills really have spoken to the level of play because they've really gotten both units to play to their level of, of uh consistency and and all that stuff so you know it's a good problem to have right or not even a problem it's just a good thing to have when you have all these leaders in the locker room yeah and, and mercedes lewis it, you know it, it's easy to say oh he's the team mascot because the, the the team gets so hype anytime he makes a play but it's because of the leadership it's because i mean you see it in the pregame huddle he's the guy giving the rah-rah speech before the game he's the guy you know in practice who's making sure guys are on their, their P's and Q's because he's trying to win a Super Bowl. He's in, I think year 17 or 18. Like yeah. he, he's been, he's been around a long time and he wants that chip too. So you need that. I think you need players every year, like Devondre Campbell, like Mercedes Lewis to turn your roster over a little bit, to give you that hunger that, Hey, we, we got to go. Like we, we're going to fight and scratch and claw for that inch. Uh, I'm, I'm really trying not to do my Al Pacino impression. Um, and, and, and I, I think that is something that this team has and, and it's, um, 
it is exciting. I know I've brought it up a couple times now, but I do think it's a, it's an exciting it's an exciting time for this team who are now their number one in all the power rankings, number one in the Locked On Podcast Network power rankings. So um, they got to go take care of business against Minnesota. We have run out of time to talk about Minnesota. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> we have plenty of time on this show to talk about it the rest of the week. I won't burden you with Vikings talk. So we'll be back next week, Lily. I can't wait. Can't wait. Thanks, Peter. All right. I want to thank Lily for joining the show. Always great to talk to her. And uh, we have a lot more with the Vikings. I promise. We've got crossover Thursday tomorrow. Uh, We will continue to be talking about it on Friday. But I think these crossovers, now that we're doing the full half hour, you know, full boat crossover, I think that is that is enough enough in most weeks, especially against a week where it's a common opponent. We know what the Vikings are. We know what they look like. I think I think we're in good shape there. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. And if you haven't tried one, you're missing out. They say it's a protein bar, but it does not taste like one. You have to try it to believe it. Most protein bars are chalky or waxy or just difficult to, to eat, to want to eat. Built Bars are different. They're soft. They're covered in 100% real chocolate. And when you bite into it, you know you're eating something different. It's just different. You know it when you taste it, but they're low carb, low calorie, low fat, low sugar, and high in protein. So you're eating something delicious and you don't have to feel bad about it. In fact, you can feel good because you're fueling your body the right way and it tastes great. And there's flavors for everyone. Salted caramel, double chocolate. I love the coconut brownie. All the coconut flavors slap real hard. And this month, Built is coming out with new limited time flavors every three to four days. So Check the website often. You don't want to miss out. Go to built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. And today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. Bet Online has a new web interface for the start of basketball season. More props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all your basketball and football action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile site to sign up today to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code locked on to get that bonus from basketball, football, baseball. Uh, baseball is going to be here before you know it. And guess what? I bet you can wager on. The hot stove stuff. Bet you can. Boxing, NHL, UFC, right down to your favorite Las Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers for the 2021 season. Bet online. The fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. And thank you again to everyone who makes Locked on Packers their first listen of the day. If you do, I'd love to hear about it. Send me a tweet, hashtag at first listen, or just tell me, hey, this is how I start my morning. Uh, that'd be great. I would love that. I, I'll probably retweet it because that's that's how I do it. Uh, follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Speaking of, follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Subscribe to us on YouTube, please. We're live after every game. We will be live after the Vikings game this weekend. You can subscribe to the podcast wherever you find podcasts. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that. 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers.